This is made possible by Dustin Campbell, Daily Tech News Show, Andy Beach, Nick Wood, and Craig. Welcome, everybody, to the Politics, Politics, Politics program for Wednesday, September 14th, 22. Your old pal, Justin Robert Young, joining you on location in Philadelphia. Been a long day, my friends. A long, long, long day. But that is no excuse for uh, not doing a show. And so I will indeed not not do a show. I will instead do one, which I am doing right now. A lot to get to. First things first, we have some very interesting tea leaves to read when it comes to Chuck Schumer. He's got a lot of money in the bank. He ain't gonna need it. He has dispersed it around the map for Senate. But is there anything that we can read into exactly who he gave it to and how much money he gave? We'll take a look at that. We have some movement in Georgia specifically on the debate front. Raphael Warnock and Herschel Walker will indeed debate We will give you all of the time, date, and place for that, as well as maybe a little bit of a reason why the Democrat decided to join Herschel Walker's preferred debate spot. And we will also be joined by one of our favorites, Michael Cohen. He uh, uh, and I are going to talk about, you know, it's our favorite, our favorite uh, uh, race this entire uh, cycle is what's happening right now in Pennsylvania between Oz and Fetterman. And, and boy, is there, is there even more to the stuff that we talked about? Cause we recorded that on Monday stuff that happened Monday evening uh, uh, also adds context to it. So stay for that. Cause it's going to be worth it. Before we go any further, let me play a, clip for you. This is from CNN Today. So I thank the Republicans who stood up. Okay, you're listening there to President Biden at the White House. He's celebrating the passage of the Inflation Reduction Act. He says that he's been fighting Big Pharma for decades. Um, But there is this unfortunate split screen right now with the Dow taking a total beating down more than 1,200 points. And so it feels like uh, it's hard to be celebratory for some people. That is the sound of Joe Biden having a celebration event for his Inflation Reduction Act. Now, you know, sometimes it's better to be lucky than good, but if you're neither one of them, then it certainly hurts to look at, at least in terms of the switchers on CNN. While he's celebrating the Inflation Reduction Act, it comes during a time when the inflation numbers came back. And for this month, not only did inflation rise month over month, uh, but it stayed so hot it outpaced the fact that gas had dropped 10%. Things are bad. 
And the vibes were so bad that the stock market cratered four digits. And all that was happening while Joe Biden was celebrating on CNN. Hachi. Machi. All that. But first. Before we go any further, let me just pour one out for the the wild and amazing dreams that I had for this particular uh, race, this particular seat. It was not but a few scant months ago that I was, I was, you know, hoping, praying, wishing that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez would shake loose her, her, her place in the House of Representatives, decide to really shake things up in the Democratic Party, primary the man up top, Chuck Schumer. And then maybe once she did that, and if she were successful, that we would see somebody of equal star power go after her on the Republican side. Indeed, it was on this show during time when there wasn't a lot of news going on that I posited the possibility of an AOC versus Donald Trump Jr. Senate race. Well, we don't have that. We've got Chuck Schumer running for re-election against blah, blah, blah. And Schumer, who is a prolific uh, fundraiser, has a lot of money in the bank. So what do you do when we're now entering into the home stretch of this midterm campaign? You don't need the money. Well, you start making a few friends. Yeah. You know, you're hoping everybody that you're donating to winds up in the Senate and eventually you're going to need people with that kind of loyalty. So what do you say? You say it in the greenest language you can cash. However, not Everybody on the map got the same amount of money. This according to Punchbowl, D.C. The Democratic candidates who got a million dollars from Schumer. A cool mill. Mandela Barnes. John Fetterman. Cherry Beasley. And Tim Ryan, as well as Val Deming. So for those of you who are not literate in in exactly which states we're talking about, that's Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Ohio, and Florida. Schumer, meanwhile, is sending $500,000 to Michael Bennett in Colorado and Patty Murray, Washington. So those are not as competitive. Schumer's also sending a million to the victory funds of Mark Kelly, Raphael Warnock, Catherine Cortez Masto, and Maggie Hassett. So essentially, like he's he's going through the Democratic uh, Senatorial Committee for one group of them, and he's giving one million directly to the others. So the, the 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 map here is not all that surprising. It's all the stuff that we've been talking about. 
Pennsylvania, uh, Ohio, Arizona, Nevada, Georgia as well. But you also do see Demings, right? Demings, according to some uh, uh, polls, has a chance against Rubio, but uh, I do not buy it. Terry Beasley is running a few points behind in North Carolina. Wisconsin's the big one because Ron Johnson's running in Wisconsin. He is a vulnerable candidate. And in a situation where there's a Democratic wave, you could certainly see the Democrats, you know, that, that being the big icing on the cake, flipping a seat that they did not think they were going to flip. But that's a million to uh, uh, Mandela Barnes there as well. And then, of course, you know, Michael Bennett isn't really in much of a, a, a position to lose in Colorado and Patty Murray in Washington. But you never really know about these things, especially when internally you're, you're, you're seeing polls that don't make it out to the public. And while internal polls that are good for you tend to make it out, the ones that are bad for you don't. So you really don't know who is in trouble unless you look at some of the cash. And that's what we did right here. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for supporting this program. I am on the road. I am in Philadelphia. I unfortunately will not have the opportunity to to go see any Oz uh, uh, events or any Fetterman events because I am here for a day, mostly because I am with my buddy Brian Brushwood and we are going to speak to the FBI, the Federal Bureau of Investigations, because they like our podcast, The World's Greatest Con, which is nice. It's nice to know that at the end of the day, when all the chips are down, if I'm talking to the FBI, I can say, well, have you heard of season one of World's Greatest Con? <laughs> because apparently some of your co-workers are kind of fans, which is nice. So that is that is good. However, I will be back out here in Philadelphia or Pittsburgh, somewhere in the Keystone State, because... Uh, I am going to be out here watching these campaigns unfold. And when I do, it will be because I use the funds that you kicked to me on TakePoliticsSeriously.com. $3 tier gets you two bonus episodes per week, one on Monday and one on Thursday. And because I am always working for you guys, I'm going to give you a little bit of a bonus commentary. Lindsey Graham. I don't know what the hell he's doing. When I did my my abortion episode, I made the argument that Lindsey Graham put forth a abortion law that was backed by pro-life efforts that was a 20-week ban on abortion federally. But 20 weeks is well beyond national consensus on when, you know, a, a fetus is viable. That is you know, beyond four months into a pregnancy. It is teetering, you know, into, into the, the, the window of five. And so that I thought was something for which they could do. You know, uh, if the Republicans wanted to put forth something that was a 20 week 
or 30 week federal law, then you can make the Democrats argue about the least popular element of abortion, which is late term abortion. Especially if you spelled out all the exceptions and everything. But instead, Lindsey Graham's announced that he's going to try to bring to a vote this bill, which is way shorter than I think if Republicans were strategically trying to erode abortion support that they would do. And it's not even going to get a vote. He's just kind of making headlines and handing something that Democrats can now run on and say, this is what happens if Republicans win the Senate. Lindsey Graham gets his way. What's even weirder is the fact that Lindsey Graham doesn't have, I mean, aside from those previous bills, a gigantic history with pro-life stuff. He's got that law that he put forward. So I don't know. I don't know. And by the way, if this story had broken tomorrow, well, you wouldn't have heard about it on this show. You would have heard about it on the Thursday show. And that's why you need to get on the Patreon right now. TakePoliticsSeriously.com Today, the press release reads, Warnock for Georgia campaign confirmed Raphael Warnock's participation in Nexstar's Savannah debate, Herschel Walker's preferred debate, and invited Walker again to join him on the debate stage in either Macon or Atlanta. Quote the campaign manager for Walker, or sorry, for Warnock. Someone had to put an end to Herschel Walker's games, and today Reverend Warnock showed again why he's the best person for the job, agreeing to Walker's preferred debate so Jordan would have at least one opportunity to see the clear choice they have in this election. Reverend Warnock is eager to speak with Georgians about his work on their behalf and remains hopeful that Herschel Walker Walker will do right by Georgians and get on a debate stage at least one other time in either Macon or Atlanta and explain his positions to them. If Herschel Walker can't do that, he isn't ready for the job of senator. So at least one of these debate stalemates seems to have come to a partial resolution. Uh, Warnock and Walker had gone back and forth about exactly when and where the debates would be. Walker was concerned that some of Warnock's preferred time slots were up against football, which I mean, he's Herschel Walker. If anyone's going to complain about it, he probably gets to, but it is Warnock that blinks first. And you have to wonder why maybe this has something to do with it. The last insider advantage poll taken in July had Warnock up three, 54 to 48. By the time that the calendar flipped to August, there were three polls taken. A Trafalgar poll that had Walker up one, an Emerson poll that had Walker up two, and the one that came out last week, a September poll that has Walker up three. What's more? It's the same outfit that gave Warnock his last lead, Insider Advantage. That means, at least according to them, this race, in the span of about a month and change, has flipped by six points. 
while everybody was talking about Herschel Walker being a historically terrible candidate with undiagnosed CTE running away from a plethora of kids for which he had tried to keep hidden from the public, a funny thing seems to have happened. He seems to be leading this race. And the fact that Warnock blinked and said, I will debate you at your specific date and your specific time means that, at least from my perspective, he's eager to be on the same stage and let people see the two of them side by side. And if I were Warnock, I would do the exact same thing. For me, I would debate Herschel Walker in a parking lot if he wanted to. Because if you, Raphael Warnock, cannot be more charming, more experienced, and more eloquent than Herschel Walker, then you don't have much chance in this race anyway. You need to show that off. In fact, it was surprising to me that he was even kind of playing games with this. Because if I were Raphael Warnock, I would want to do nine debates. I would say weekly. Let's have, let's have debates. Let's do a versus. <laughs> let's, let's go on drink champs. Let's, let, 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 let's go in Pod Save America. Let's go in the war room. Let's go wherever you want. Any place that allows me and you to talk side by side. That's what I would like to do. And now he has. But you got to wonder about those motivations, huh? Our guest today is Michael Cohen, the author of the book Modern Political Campaigns and somebody that has been on this show a few times. We have gone back and forth about how fascinated we are about this Dr. Oz and John Fetterman race for Senate in Pennsylvania. And before we get to it, I just want to let you know it was recorded on Monday. So two things have happened since. Number one, the Washington Post editorial board joined the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette editorial board in calling for John Fetterman to commit to a debate. But while the Post-Gazette stopped there, the Post didn't. They went even further, saying that Fetterman needs to make his medical records publicly available for independent review specifically pointing out that if he cannot debate, then the lingering questions about his recovery from a stroke is something that could disqualify him from office. And then, later that evening, Monday evening, John Fetterman had an event. And this is how he sounded. One of you, you didn't have a doctor in your life making fun of it making light of it or telling you that you're not fit to be served. Can you describe a stroke and what, you know, what's happened? So I, I use the example. So pretend I was, I want to go to Wegmans. It's such the most important race for the Senate here for 22. We have to replace Pat Toomey. Oh, no. no. Senator Toomey was not very nice to me. He 
Toomey is a miracle. He had a chance, he had a chance to match me up again. Abortion is the ballot now in November. Not great, Bob, but you want to know who is great? Our guest, Michael Cohen. Welcome back to the show, Michael. Thank you for having me. Let's talk Oz Fetterman. Before we get into to, to the kind of uh, uh, the, the micro, I want to take a step back and understand the kind of macros of this race. Pennsylvania has trended slightly more Republican and like many states has strated more than uh, uh, I think we, we might have even assumed where the blue is getting even bluer. The cities are, are impenetrably blue. Uh, the suburbs are bluing a little bit, but the the exurbs and the rural areas are now rock red. Nobody can can touch them. So if you were just to look at this from a Democratic, a generic Democratic candidate and a generic Republican candidate, what would you say their coalitions need to be in Pennsylvania? The coalitions in Pennsylvania right now are, are almost like completely generic. I mean, yeah. when you look at them, I mean, when you have two generic candidates, you'd have two generic, um, you know, coalitions. I mean, you'd have, you know, upper class whites are looking at Republicans. Um, you're looking at, you know, um, African-Americans, you know, particularly in the cities are probably more democratic. Um, Hispanics are probably all over the place, depending upon where they're actually from. Uh, you're looking at, um, you know, women, uh, in this case, particularly, we're looking at um, abortion, you know, post Dobbs, um, you know, there's definitely a, a few groups within those that, um, you know, demographic that are probably more Democrat than Republican than they would be in normal years because of that. So honestly, I mean, there's, there's almost like almost very little that's interesting if you're looking at it from the macro standpoint. When you look at yeah. the micro, it's actually more interesting because it's very interesting. Um, because of who we have, I mean, I don't want to talk about the race already, you know. All right, yeah. So, so just 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 so we understand, yeah. Well, I mean, just just because it's one it's one of those things where you know, if you look at the case for Republican overperformance, and when when we were uh, hanging out in Virginia, you know, the the story became. Uh, about a year ago, the, the the Democrats need to have something for the rural areas. They need to try. They need to they need to at least yes. put forth an argument because that is what you know in in uh, what we saw in New Jersey, what we saw in Virginia. That became the narrative is that this is unsustainable. And yes, the polling is going to always be in your favor. Uh, uh, but but these voters are not being recorded, and they are going to bite you in in the butt. Which makes this specific election, which is going to have two major metropolitan areas in Philadelphia and, and, and Pittsburgh, is going to have a candidate on the Democratic side who is very much trying to erode the position of uh, uh, the Republicans in those small towns and rural areas. He is trying very much to identify himself and create a message for them. But meanwhile, this this worm has turned. Uh, uh, let me start here. John Fetterman as the handicapped candidate, which which now his comms is is out and out. He's saying, look, I, I, I need to do a debate where I have closed captioning. I, I My auditory processing is not what it is. Is this something he had to own 
because you can't hide it because that erodes into authenticity or should he continue uh, to, you know, string this along, see what they can do and then, and then just move forward with, with, with the debate when they absolutely have to. Well, here's the thing. I mean, this is where the politics, politics, politics show goes right back to you, man, because yes. you had this, okay. You, you had this in our text exchanges over the past several you know weeks, you know, what if this, and I kept saying, well, you know, I mean, it looks fine. Well, yeah. but he wasn't talking yet. And so now you've seen a bunch of clips where it's kind of rough, you know, I mean, he's no, really I, I was, fun. I was sending you, I was sending you clips that Fetterman was putting out with just like count the number of seconds between jump cuts, because that that's having, having edited enough online video. I'm like, yeah, you, you know. never do a, you never do that unless he can't make it through sentences without sounding weird. And they are keeping, they, they used his, his uh, partner extensively to make sure that, that she was up front. She would be the one talking. He would have the, the rejoinder, but this has not gotten better. No, no, no. And, and this is actually where it's gotten scary because um, Fetterman to a lot of people, even though they know him as a lieutenant governor, you know, he's like this picture of a guy. Yes. Right. He's like a vision. Have, most, most people have not sat down with Fetterman or listened to him talk about issues, but they've looked looked at him and they're like, okay, generically, he looks like a guy I'd vote for, or I'd want to have a beer with, or I'd want to, you know, he, he, he could represent me. Yes. You haven't really sat down and listened to him. So now the introduction is going to be not really him. It's going to be him minus because of what happened. And so, um, you know, taking out how I feel about that, you know, personally, and it's, it's hard to watch and I feel terrible for him. Um, you know, politically, if he gets up against a guy who's been on TV for several years, um, it's going to look tough. And and I think that he needs to, you know, offline do a lot of therapy um, to get himself to as far as long as he can is in his post, um, you know, trauma situation. But honestly, it's going to be hard. And him pushing back on Oz after a while just looks like you're just not ready or you're really hurt and you were ready. But now we're not sure if you can do this job because a lot of this talk, this job is talking. Yes. You know, a lot of this job is communicating. And a lot of the, the job of being a senator is being able to communicate to a lot of different people, including um, the people back home. And if you can't effectively do that anymore, that's going to be a difficult thing to overcome. And he's not going to be able to duck the debates. And, it, and if there are fewer debates, that's going to put a premium on those debates. And so the fewer you do, the more difficult it becomes, the more you do the more opportunity you have to do something dumb or to do something that's inaudible or tough to watch. Either way, he's stuck, but he can't yeah. just put it off as far as he can because the longer you do, the bigger the run-up and the bigger the expectations of all of this. He's got to get to the point where he's feeling better and can do it on a timetable where he's close enough that he will sound better than you would have expected of a person who had this kind of thing happen to him. So, you know, I'm just thinking back now, and I don't know whether it was an unsourced report or if it was an on background report, but I remember something being floated that they would do, Oz and Fetterman would do a one of them in Pittsburgh, one of them in Philadelphia debate, which if I'm thinking back now, I'm like, if I were Fetterman's campaign, that's what I would be doing. Because you can, at that point, you have more license to have closed captioning. You're going to be uh, seeing right into the sight line of the camera. The, the problem that 
he faces now is even if he has closed captioning, unless Oz agrees, yes, you can have closed captioning and it's going to it's going to be right there on your center camera. You're going to visually look weird while while that's happening compared to a guy who's, you know, uh, uh, comfortable showing how to melt belly fat by Friday. Yeah. And let's just say this, that closed captioning, if one person is doing it and the other person's not doing it, it's going to it's just reinforce no matter how well he's doing that he's had a problem with this. So if you've yes. had any questions at all about his ability to do the job, just having closed captioning there is going to remind you um, of the problem, even if he does better than you would have expected. So like if he has to use that, it's it's not a good look. Um, so I don't know. Any way you look at it, it, it's really a rough situation and much better for Oz. I mean, Oz is a doctor, for God's sakes. So you can look at him and be like, man, you know, okay. Or he could be almost empathetic and and like allow himself to like fit the doctor role for a minute and like yeah. let him finish and then say to him, hey, do you want to try that one again? You know, or, you know, without going over the line, you know, because if he could do that without being a jerk about it on TV, which I'm not sure he can or he can't, you know, but you know, if he can end up being the person who's on the other side saying, okay, well, it's almost like watching Herb Street and um, and Corso on yeah. Saturday mornings, right? Yeah. You know, where Herb Street is trying to help him along and like be this sort of younger kid, you know, like, grandpa, it's okay, go, go, you know, go ahead, I'm nodding on you. But, you know, they're in a competitive situation. So like Oz has a very, actually as the flip side of this, right, is to not dunk on him yes. to make him look you know, but also have to look like, well, you know, I'm a doctor here and this is a significant problem. And, you know, I don't know how, you know, how this is going to go, you know. From a perspective as a human who's been involved in campaigns and you know the stresses of them, my guess would be that nothing in your life gets better during a campaign, right? Like, like you, like hopefully you win, but I don't think your marriages don't get better or your marriage doesn't get better. Your finance doesn't get better. Your, your relationship with your kids doesn't get better. Your health doesn't get better. It, it, it seems to be a war of attrition. Am I right there? Oh yeah. Yeah. I and mean, in fact, um, you know, when I was um younger and dumber, and was thinking of running, I just realized that the more campaigns I worked on, the less I wanted to do it for myself and the more I respected people who actually did it because there's a cost. Yeah. And there's a cost to your, yeah, there's a cost professionally and there's the cost personally. And those things sometimes don't get better afterwards. I mean, there's a lot of politicians who go through campaigns, um, lose, break up, or their marriages are never the same or their relationships with their kids are never the same. It's a great um, video of Ted Cruz a number of months ago where he's on TV with his kid. Um, he's not paying attention to the camera and the kid's like all over the place. And then he knows he's on camera and then he goes to grab his kid to get, get a hug. And the kid's like, yeah. get off of him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and by the way, that's not just a Ted Cruz problem. That's just a problem for everybody who runs for office because eventually the kids are just like, I don't see you anymore. I don't even know who you are. What are yeah. you doing? Give me a hug because the, because the red light is on. Like, leave me alone. <laughs> And I can't imagine, I mean, you're just stressed out. And that was why I was always worried about the Fetterman thing. Cause like right. famously people for whom you could be Ralph Waldo Emerson and, and, and be out in, in a pastoral field, the process of your brain retraining itself to be at the mental capacity after a stroke is notoriously serpentine. You have no idea when things are going to get better or get worse. And it's why they hid the stroke 
for as long as they did because they know that that's the thing. They eventually have to admit it. And now they have to kind of uh, 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 live with it, which I think very, very, very much complicates this race. And anybody, you know, I, I know we're going to get to a point where a lot of Pennsylvania voters are saying, I don't I don't care if, if he's the man in the iron lung, like I'm going to vote for John Fetterman over Dr. Right. Oz. The question is, can he win the people that he needs to win? Can he erode those rural majorities? So let's look at this on the flip side. What are the politics of health? How much can you attack it without seeming like a ghoul? Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think um, I think you have to be circumspect about it. You can't go right at it. Um, you know, in today's politics, you could probably do anything you want, right? Yep. You know, but but whether or not you want to beat, you know, Dr. Oz afterwards, you know, and have a career. Um, and not worry about, you know, this sort of following you, you'd have to be like, look, okay, this is a very challenging diagnosis. This is a very challenging recovery. You know, this is very different for different people, depending upon your risk factors. You know, there's a lot of things he could just sort of come off and say, look, there's a lot here. Um, I don't know how he's going to do. I hope he does well. You know, you have to sort of land on the idea that you actually do hope he does well. Like we're in a competitive situation. Obviously I want to win this race. Yeah. You know, but John, I, you know, you serve our state. I want you to be okay. You know, I, but I am worried about you being able to do this job. Like that's the best that you can say and say, look, I am worried about you doing this job. You know, this is a very stressful situation working, you know, in a debate with me here, you know, and, you know, people are going to look at that. And by the way, being on the debate stage, you cannot, um, you know, test that beforehand. Okay. Yeah. He has no idea how he's going to feel when he sees Dr. Oz next to him. Okay. And yeah. all of a sudden they're going to go at him. There's going to be a lot of things that he's probably going to throw at him, you know, just from a, from a um, policy standpoint, but just seeing a guy who's totally whole and he's a doctor versus you, and you know that you're not at your best. Um, it's, it's going to be tough. And so I think to a real extent, you have to, um, you have to play that game out. Not to mention the fact that, you know, let, and let's go back to another college football uh, 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 analogy. The the positions that they're putting, that the campaign is putting uh, Fetterman in is like when you're forced to start your red shirt freshman uh, uh, and you know that that person is not ready. And so you got to build the offense around them not making mistakes that they have them out there giving five minute remarks that aren't great, not taking Q&A's. And that happens once every three weeks. Like that is that is not where you would want a, a candidate at this stage of the race. Right. You would want him starting to be getting sharper. His, um, you know, his his messages probably are getting tighter, actually, within a window of a minute or two, because you're trying to get him down to the right debate answers. Um, him going five minutes is really a long time. My God. I mean, five minutes for most normal human beings on any question is going to be a long time. Uh, yeah. And then when you when you have the impairments that he has right now, it's going to be even more difficult. If anything, they should be starting to test him on like, on like quick things, you know, like he, they can, they can film him, you know, so for social media hits and just go ahead and pop out a, in a minute of a video, you know, of him being coherent and smart and, you know, and, you know, sharp on an issue and start dropping those because like, those are the things that will get him readier for that debate than going four and five minutes because none of them are going to get four and five minutes in any of the debates. And by the way, this sort of opens up the question of what's the format going to be like? Yeah. I'm sure Oz would love to debate him, 
you know, Lincoln Douglas style at this point. And sure. That, yeah. Yeah. And Fetterman wants nothing to do with that. Well, one, one last one. Yeah. Yeah. One last thing. Yeah. And then I want to critique the Oz campaign, but I do. Let, 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 let's get into it this way. I think that the way that these debates have kind of laid out really have effectively changed the race. When you have the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette coming out and saying, hey, look, if Fetterman can't debate, then there is a question of whether or not he's going to be able to serve. That's that dude's hometown paper. Like that, mm-hmm. that does mean something as they're, much they're as any editorial, yeah. as much as any editorial could mean anything, right? Which is not a gigantic amount. But if you're looking for canaries in a coal mine, that one is singing the high notes. Yeah. As for Oz in terms of his campaign, when, when we last talked about this race, huh. we thought, okay, uh, Fetterman's laid up. Now's the time for Oz to hit the road. We were joking about him giving heart uh, uh, tests to anybody that wanted them. Instead, he allegedly went on not one but two vacations, uh, one to Ireland, the other to Florida, and got a very late start into this race. So let's talk about that first. What does a late start in a race like this mean? And would I be correct in assuming that this is the kind of stuff that novice candidates who have never run a race this big might be prone to do? Uh, Second answer, yes, absolutely. Um, The first answer is more along the lines of money and organization. So, for example, if on election day we find that uh, Fetterman wins by a couple of, you know, thousand votes, you know, you kind of look over the side and you say to Oz, man, you really should have gotten your your ground game a little bit stronger. Um, The other thing, too, is that since he was on those vacations, it's pretty clear that the NRSC had a freak out over it. And yeah. um, it's pretty clear that they they made the phone calls they needed to because now everyone is starting to get back in line on this one as opposed to just, you know, dumping on it, which is what McConnell did a couple of weeks ago. And so I think that they're now starting to sort of bring him back like Toomey came out for him and some of the yep. usual suspects that you would actually want to endorse. And he's moving away from Mastriano saying, yeah, I don't think we're going to be doing anything with him anymore, you know, and sort of signaling that, okay, I get it. I heard the message. You guys were all over me while I was away. I'm back. I'm going to run this race. And there we go. So he's probably lost money. He's probably lost some support that he probably would have had. He's probably lost the opportunity to hire people who might be just going to jump on other races um, because he wasn't fully engaged. And um, he's also not, you know, gotten better at being a candidate, which means that he may actually be more vulnerable in a debate than we think he is, right? It's all yeah. about expectations, right? If Fetterman is coming in, you think like he's gonna he's gonna sound like Mr. Magoo, you know, or like someone from Peanuts where you're not gonna be able to understand what's going on and he, he's okay. And then you think like, well, Oz is really super smooth and he's been on TV and he comes in and he's at B. Well, you can point to that period where he wasn't studying up and he wasn't, you know, game planning for debates and things like that. So I, I think that all those things together sort of says to you, well, you know, you you only have a certain amount of window time here. Like it's the most crucial thing in a campaign. It's time. It's not even money. It's time because yeah. you run the, the clock is the clock. Right. And yeah. so you can always make up with it for a big fundraiser or something like that. Or you can go out and you can get more people and just pay them. Um, but you can't create more time and your brain needs more time to get yourself ready for those debates and ready for the fall campaign, which is going to be much harder than always from Jersey, you know, cause that's the one thing he's seen so far. You're from Jersey. Exactly. Yeah. And that, that to me, it's, it's, it's kind of like a, a, a 
let's go back to college football. Like, like, like a gimmick play that it's like, okay, well, if you let us keep running this and you don't do anything right. to stop I'll it, the jump then, then all we'll, day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah then we'll then we'll just yeah. keep doing it. And that's what what the what, what the jersey stuff was. It's like, okay, super easy. It raises money with uh, uh, online Democrats because it's LOL funny in the way that they were doing it. Uh, it is a bumper sticker for the rural areas that you are trying to make inroads into. We're not talking about issues. This dude's a carpetbagger. Don't trust him. He ain't from here. Like not from here. He's from he's from a place you hate. You exactly. Hate Despite the fact that Jersey is like half the Philly metro area, every half the people I that I know that are from Philly are from Jersey. But, uh, uh, but all you have to say is Jer- right. All you have to say is Jersey, and everyone's like, "Yeah, screw those people, screw them." Yeah, yeah. yeah. But at the same time, to me, this yeah. race changed on one moment that initially I thought was over the line, and I've come to kind of look at as no, this was. This was, you know, uh, the Oz campaign taking taking the gun out and firing it in the air and saying we are serious whether or not you you think that no matter what, we're not going to be docile. And that was the comment from the Oz campaign after Fetterman uh, had had a field day on him calling uh, Oz calling vegetables crudite instead of a veggie tray. And so that became its own little thing. And then. Oz's campaign says, well, you know, if Fetterman had eaten, uh, eaten a vegetable in his life, maybe he wouldn't have had a heart attack and stroke, which is yeah. pretty over the line. Pretty tough. Pretty tough. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a line. good elbow. And yeah, it was a good line. And, um, you know, probably is real. Right. You know, and, you know, and the, and the rebuttal was don't pick on me because I, I you know, I, 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 I was sick, you know, and the fact that matters is like, well, you kind of engaged it, you know? And that's, that's the other, the, the thing is, I don't, I don't have a good sense of it. And I don't think anybody necessarily has a good sense of how those health messages play because the feedback that you have heard, not only from Fetterman, but also from other folks online is that, well, Oz better watch what he's doing because if he's making fun of one person's bad health, it's not like everybody in Pennsylvania, specifically the non-college educated white voters for whom Oz needs. It's not like there's a bunch of Adonises, you know, uh, uh, throughout the, the red part of the T in Pennsylvania. But at the same time, I don't think that, yeah, I don't think people look at it like that. I, I think people look oh, at it if it's like, no. if you're out of shape, no matter how out of shape I am, ha ha ha, you're out of shape. I, I think that the people externalize yeah. that stuff. Yeah. The other thing, too, is like you have to look at it from the perspective of like what sells within the Republican Party right now. It doesn't matter like what the content of it is. It matters that you're fighting. Yes. And, the idea that Oz was just going to roll over and just let it go. Oh, yeah, I'm from New Jersey. Oh, shut up. Jersey's fine. You know? Yeah. No, Jersey smells and I don't want to go there. You know, like that that kind of <laughs> thing. And so to a real extent, you know, the, the, the big deal here was that Oz said, no, we're, we're not going to let you just have that one. Sorry. Um, we're going to punch at you where you're not feeling too strong either. And I, I think that all of this is sort of like online fighting. Like, you know, it's sort of like a meme face off or something. Yeah. Um, and so beyond all of this, like, what is it, what really matters? I mean, it really matters is like, you know, gas prices are coming down and inflation's still high. And, um, you know, there's other things going on in the ether, you know, such as like what's going on with Dobbs and whether or not that matters to Oz and what, what his, you know, point of views are on that. Like we haven't really gotten into the guts of the campaign yet. The campaign's going to yeah. be about other things other than vegetables. Um, and, 
you know, <laughs> and, and where uh, and Jersey, right? Jersey and vegetables, yeah. two things you never hear together in any other sentence other than this <laughs> podcast. Yeah. I'm sure they got him at diners. Uh, 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 all right. So then let me, let me ask you like uh, issues in the campaign, yeah. rank them one through three by the time okay. that election day happens, inflation Dobbs. And let's also point out, this is Dobbs in Pennsylvania, which is right. not Alabama. And, and Oz does not have particularly uh, a strident uh, abortion views and student loan forgiveness. Rank rank those three in this race in particular. Well, you had it one, two, three. Yeah, I mean, you're that's not, it. It's, yeah, it's one, two, three. You nailed it. I mean, the inflation thing. You know, everyone's seeing it at the grocery store. They're seeing it sort of in their lives and everything, right? And the key number that you want to look at though is gas, because like that's the thing that everybody sees. Everybody right? does, and, and it happens on every weekly. Every yeah. corner. Right. So it, it, it is literally the marker of inflation for most people, because like I'll go to the grocery store. I'll be like, oh, yeah, it's a little bit more. Oh, well, I bought some more stuff this week and I did this and I did. You that. have a lot of things like it, it is psychological right. that it's like it's like uh, yeah. when you buy stuff, if you go to Whole Foods, you go to Costco. Yeah. Oh, geez. Was that as much as it was last time? I That's don't know. Me. Here's no, a bunch me. of right. here, here's yeah, a bunch exactly. of stuff I put in my yeah. in my house with gas. It is literally just the price of doing business. You go One to a thing. smelly place. Right. And and it smells and it's awful and it's hot outside yeah. and then you put and then a gigantic dollar figure looks at you and says thanks for playing thanks for digging. playing pal exactly yeah you paid more than you did last year and you're like damn I am you know so if if that number is going down year round towards election day or if it bumps back up okay that's a thing right Dobbs is a big deal Dobbs is a bigger deal than um, a lot of people thought they thought it was like going to be this one moment and then people were going to walk away from it. Um, it seems to have some enduring power. It seems like um, in Pennsylvania, it's not going to be good for um, for Oz. It's going to be better for Fetterman. Uh, you know, if you can get, if you can hone the messaging on what he wants to say there, because don't forget, we're talking about two white dudes here. We're not talking about yeah. any women in the race, right? Who can talk about yeah. it a little bit more authentically than a guy. Um, so but that'll be a thing, right? And then the third one that you had there was what? Um, you know, I'm oh, student loan, student loan forgiveness, and 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 I and I and I put that in there. Yeah, I put that in but there that's because you're right now. Right. You know, so well, like, all right, let, let me let me let me let me let me make my point. And, and you, you oh, can okay. tell me whether or not it's 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 off base or not. You need to turn out white working class voters without a college degree if Oz is going to win. Right. If there's one Oz is going to be more natural to talk to and erode Democratic support in the suburbs because you got a lot of people that know him and like him because he has that relationship. But he is uniquely unsuited. Uh, to go into some of these rural areas. It is, to me, uh, uh, an advantageous position if he can walk in with something which is, uh, uh, Fetterman is cheering about uh, people giving away money. Uh, you you work hard. He's not really a union guy. Mm-hmm. If he's looking to take away your money and give it to all the college grads in in Pittsburgh and and Pennsylvania, all the Ivy League, you know, people go into Penn and stuff like that. Go like me. I don't need it. I'm rich now. That it it's a binding issue for the audience that he, I think, is unsuited to talk to. And that's why I think it does uniquely matter in this race specifically. It matters if he uses it, right? Yeah. So there's like two, there's like two atmospheric issues, right? And then there's like a bucket of issues that might matter if you focus on them, right? Because the campaign is really about focus. And so if Oz uses that, 
it it is a powerful tool, a very powerful tool. And there's no reason. And we did a number of, I've seen a number of polls and I've, I've done some of my own research on this. And it's pretty obvious that that's a big hit. Uh, and it's not going to look good for Fetterman. Um, it, it undercuts him saying, you know, well, I'm I'm one of the working people. Well, no, working people yeah. actually, a lot of them don't go to college. They're going to trade yep. school. They're going to community college or they're getting certificates and working in cybersecurity or something. And they're, they're doing other things in a four-year degree at an Ivy League school, right? And so why should we be paying, bribing Peter to pay those Pauls is really yep. the move there. But then again, like when you look at it a couple months from now, is that still the staying power, you know, two or three months from now, as opposed to like right now, Right now, it's good, right? Right now, it's maybe it's good for fundraising. Yeah. It's good to get more people on your team. It's good to hone your message against this guy, soften him up a bit, make him actually you know defend himself. Um, but the thing is, like, we just don't know like what's going to be in October. But right now, it's a great issue. And you know, uh, uh, I think we're we're rapidly getting to the to to to, to yeah to to the window of of uh, uh, when all that does really matter because we are getting ever closer. Uh, our guest discussing our favorite issue is the uh, the inimitable Michael Cohen. Uh, uh, where can people find your uh, find your stuff? Um, you can go ahead and look at uh, michaelcohen.us. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Michael Cohen. If you actually want to follow me instead of the other guy who's at Michael Cohen two twelve. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you very much for the opportunity. It's always great to talk to you, buddy. Absolutely, dude. Politics, politics, politics is written and hosted by me, Justin Robert Young, for Dog and Pony Show Audio in Austin, Texas. If you would like to uh, uh, shout out our buddy Michael Cohen, go to. Letter P, letter X, number three, guest.com. That is PX3, guest.com. You want to send an email to the program? Do so, theyoungamerican at gmail.com. Our Twitter is PX3 Tweets. You can see me live when I'm not on the road at px3live.com. Of course, you can share this podcast with your friends, family, and clergy at px3podcast.com. If you would like, to give us a one-time donation, keep independent political analysis alive. You can do so. PayPal.me slash payjury. Venmo is justin-young-20. Our cash app is px3cash. And you can send anything you'd like in the mail. P.O. Box 153184, Austin, Texas, 78715. Again, that is Post Office Box 153184, Austin, Texas, 78715. I've said this before. I made jokes on Twitter about how I had already paid off my student loans. And so I really, really, really would just like from the federal government a hat. Well, the federal government has failed. They have not sent me a hat. However, many of you have. And apparently I have many, many, many more hats yet to arrive. But uh, they are showing up in droves. Follow me on Twitter at Justin R. Young if you want to see some of the pictures of it. But keep sending them. I'm going to need... 10,000 hats for the $10,000 I could have gotten forgiven. Of course, by the way, if you want to get our bonus content, you can do so at takepoliticsseriously.com. Our $3 tier gets you two bonus podcasts per week, covering all the news that we miss on our free podcast schedule. And our $10 tier gets your name right at the end of the podcast like these fine folks in the Titanic. $10 tier. Matt, MC Radio, Unsafe DB Levels, Katie, Amanda, Yo Bimball Shop. DB Vorbongo, Niemeister, Catherine, Todd, persons familiar with the matter, and vote Gloria Young for King of the New World Order. Edison, 
up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B.A. Select, start, Dr. G, Neil, Charles, Darren, 100 Mile Runner, Idris Arzlandian, Blue Front and the Lenina, D.L., Steven, Chad, Nomadic Terran, Diana, turn two, Miranda Janelle, Adam, Chief Andy, Robert, Casey, Paul is awesome. Brad, Richard, D. Laser, just another pilot. Middle-aged Mike who loves Frank got abducted. Utah, Jimmy Montana, the Gen. A L D L D L D. Really? Chopper, Andrew, and Joshua. And that'll wrap it up for us today. On Friday's edition of the program, we're gonna have another visit. From your friend and mine, Kevin Ryan. Uh, it's a goodie. We already recorded it, but it goes places. The question, what is free speech? Not legally, not enshrined in our Bill of Rights, but spiritually, especially as we are trying to define a wild new terrain known as the Internet. And as you might imagine, it does not stay there. And we talk about a bunch of other stuff. It's really good. I'll see you then. This is your old pal, Justin Robert Young, saying uh, some shows talk about politics. Others talk about politics and still more discuss politics. But this, this is the only show that dares discuss all three. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Dog and Pony Show Audio.